Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBo with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, zooming in with us, very special guest, Cora Cristobal, a very experienced real estate entrepreneur and a coach and a trainer and just a person that knows a heck of a lot around real estate investing. How are you today, Cora? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Dave, for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, it's my pleasure as well. So, Cora, where are you calling in from today and where do you do most of your real estate deals these days? Okay, I'm calling in from Mississauga, which is a city in the greater Toronto area in Ontario, Canada. Now, it sounds to me like you might not come from Mississauga originally. Where do you originally come from, Cora? I originally come from a small country in Asia, Philippines. A very well-known country, that's for sure. That's wonderful. So, Cora, when it comes to real estate investing, what is your main focus? What what are your bread and butter kind of deals? My bread and butter kind of deals are should be cash flowing. It should be cash flowing. I don't focus on much on appreciation, although it's a big factor when I decide where to buy, what to buy. But if I have to keep the property, they must be cash flowing. For me, it does not make sense if they are not cash flowing, positive cash flow. So you're a big believer in cash flow is king. Yes. Yeah, that's a good fundamental. Now, there's all sorts of different ways to get cash flow. Some people use single family homes with suites. Other people focus on multifamily properties. Other people are looking at self-storage facilities or mobile home parks or what's all. There's all sorts of different real estate assets that cash flow. What is your main focus? I see. I focus on single family, at least two units. Yeah. So like the bird type strategy, or do you buy properties that that already have suites in them? Do you put suites in or do you buy them with suites? Already with suites or there is a suite, but needs a little bit of improvement. Okay. Mm. Very, very good. Excellent. So Cora, when we were preparing for our call and I asked you, what do you think would be a good title for this? I like the one you came up with. Real estate investing isn't just a man's game. Very, very good. So this resonates with me, Cora, because, well, I am a man, but my first experience in real estate investing was through my mother, who was a real estate entrepreneur when I was a kid. So as a single mom, working mom, working in the school district, raising a snot-nosed kid, me, she built up a portfolio of about 50 rental units back in the 1970s and early 80s. And it definitely wasn't a woman's game back then, typically. So tell me a little bit about that. Why? Because I know you're very, very passionate about helping other women get into real estate investing. So do you still see that there is there tends to be a bit of a, a barrier there? Yes, I still see a barrier among women who are scared to invest because real estate involves a lot of money. So there's still that stigma or misconception that real estate is not for them. You know, it's very common for women to just focus on taking care of the family or maybe small business, but not real estate. And I really, I'm really, really, as you said, I'm really, really passionate to encouraging women to go into real estate. I can still see the ratio more men against women. And I'd like to bring on more women to be involved in real estate investing. All right. Well, I I agree with you 100%. So, Cora, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, your background, because we don't, we don't know each other very well yet, but I, mm-hmm. I can tell just from talking with you that I think you've got a pretty interesting backstory. So what is it? 
Yes, I am a certified public accountant by profession, CPA. But in 1987, I got married and I had two children in 14 months, two babies, and my husband asked me to quit my job. And having nothing to do, he asked me to take the real estate broker's examination. And I knew nothing about real estate because I have been a career woman. No one in the family ever ventured into real estate. The only property that we own is our house, yeah. <laughs> right? But I followed my husband because I was a little bit bored. So I took the exam. I became a broker, became a member of the real estate board. And I had some money at the time. And I looked out at my window and saw vacant lots. I started calling the owners of those vacant lots and I bought my first piece of land. And three or four months later, I sold it four times. So this was in this was in Mississauga. No, in the Philippines. Oh, in the Philippines. Okay. In the Philippines, because I came here only 18 years ago. This was in 1989, some 30 years ago. Very nice. I started, I started investing some 30 or 31 years ago. All right. So, so what was your husband doing at the time that he that he encouraged oh, you to get into real estate? He was he was a plant manager. He was a plant manager, but he is. 11 years older than I am, so he already knew something about real estate. He has started investing in real estate, so he knows. But I was 11 years younger, so I didn't know. So I see he actually was the one who taught me or who, who exposed me first into real estate investing. And my first venture was, was really very, very profitable. Yeah, so well, it doesn't sound that like your first it, venture was a cash flow property. It was a It was a vacant piece of land that you yeah. turned around and did very, very well with. So what did, how did you progress while you were still in the Philippines? How did you, how did your whole real estate investing career yeah. progress there? So I became a member of the board and I was exposed to rich people, really rich people, right? Who are really landed, who had lots of property. So that's how I got exposure. And I, I did. I did trade in real estate. I just buy and sell mm. several times. So every weekend, I was still employed, right, as an accounting manager. And every weekend, my husband and I will just be driving, looking for properties. Very nice. Then, so I was I was investing at the same time. I was helping people buy real estate. I want people because I personally benefited. I said lots of people people should get into real estate. Of course, not everybody has that mindset and. And then when we moved to Manila, I joined a big realty company. I started from a sales rep and went up the ladder until I became an area sales director. I actually have a good track record in selling real estate in that large realty company. So I had really a very good career. I quit. I gave up my, my profession as an accountant and went into real estate. Yeah. So, um, so when... When and why did you and your husband and your family decide to immigrate to Canada? Oh, we had a sad story. I was scammed. I was scammed and, you know, scammed. Yeah. There was a syndicate who played a game with us and I lost almost all my savings, my hard-earned savings. In, in I, the Philippines? In the Philippines, I was scammed. And because of that, I had already four children and I said, I don't. I don't want to raise my children in that kind of environment. So that's why we decided to migrate to Canada because I also have a brother here. I also went to the United States. I really wanted to get out of the Philippines yeah. for a better environment. 
For yourself and for your family. Yeah. For myself and for my family. So you got you went to the United States first? I went to the United States first because I applied for Canadian immigration and I was not getting any response. So I thought it was disapproved. So I went to the U.S. and it was easy for me to get a job. I had two jobs there. It's so easy in Los Angeles, California. I was there during the 9-11. But after the 9-11, I got an email from the Canadian embassy. They have been sending me letters that they want to interview me. But because I was in the United States, I was missing all these letters. So I was given a deadline to go back to the Philippines for interview. And during the 9-11... The flights were canceled, but when they were resumed, I flew to the Philippines and our immigration was finally approved and the whole family immigrated to Canada in 2003. I think 9-11 was 2002. Yeah, yeah, 2001, I think it was. 2001 or 2001. So that's that's a little bit of twist. There was a twist in my story. Yeah, no, that's that's very... (laughs) Okay, so you and the family arrived in... In Ontario and in, in Toronto and whatever, 2003, 2002, 2003, mm. brand new country. Uh, it sounds like yeah, a little bit of family, but, you know, most of your savings had been scammed from you from the Philippines. You're, mm. Were you kind of starting all over again? Yes. I, yes. I have. Well, I, I still have a little bit of savings, <laughs> but more were taken taken in by the scammers, right? But I have just a little bit of savings, just enough to start because at the time, Canada would like you to show six months of of survival income, so to speak, right? Six months, and uh, you have to show that at the airport. But I have that. I have that money. I had a little bit of money there. Then I started as an accounting clerk. You cannot be a realtor without, I think it requires two years of residence. So, I have to start from an accounting clerk. I work with a large food ingredient company. And when I got bored again with my full-time employment, I studied to get my real estate license. The full-time job. And then I was taking real estate courses. In six months, I got my license. Very nice. What you you understood was working in the Philippines. You eventually transported that to Canada. So what did you find were the major differences between investing in real estate in the Philippines versus Canada? Well, really very big difference. The fundamentals can be the same, but in Canada, you cannot trade in real estate without license, right? In the Philippines, anybody can just trade there. And there's a lot of unethical and immoral transactions. Here, you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. I am bound by the code of ethics and I'm bound by certain laws and if you misbehave in this country you will lose your license right so that's one in the philippines i was not dealing with house and lot mostly in land mostly high-end subdivision land yeah. raw land and gold shares gold shares so i myself was a real estate investor up to now i have properties in the philippines and i really, really did very well there in fact, now I am I am selling one of my properties there. I did so how, how did you start getting into investing in cash flowing properties here in Canada? Where did where did you make that switch from raw land to cash flowing properties? Yes, why? so I have to study that. And my first property that I bought was a condo townhouse by Square One. If you are familiar in Canada, in Mississauga, and yes, I cash flow there around not a lot because. 
at the time I already divorced. I had a some sort of a story where I divorced and it I went through a crisis where I have to divorce. So I was left on my own. So I needed to to become an investor so I can cover up with the lost income of my husband. So I started buying condos. Okay. And then during the recession in the US, I found my mentor and started buying in the United States. I invested in Florida and Ohio. Really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that where is that where you focus these days is investing you're based in Canada but you're investing in the states or do you kind of invest No, of- both both countries. Yeah. Now I I am doing pre-construction. So I guess one of the questions I have for you Cora just because you've got a much more international outlook <laughs> on things and, and myself as well I actually lived overseas for almost 14 years. Mm. So you come back to Canada and and you realize what opportunities there are that that sometimes Canadians don't realize we have. So, you know, and, and I know your focus is on women and helping other women realize that these opportunities are there. Mm. I just notice it seems like so many newer Canadians or first generation Canadians get it. Mm-hmm. But born and raised Canadians have a harder time understanding it. Why do you think that is? Well, it depends on their background, right? Yeah. Everything starts from the mindset because I was exposed, if not for my husband, imagine if I get married to somebody who's, who does not believe in real estate. So first, who are you hanging out with? It's very important who you hang out with. Uh-huh. And I hung out with my husband and people who are who believe in real estate. So for a regular person who does not have that exposure, it's very hard to switch their mentality. So that's one. And number two, I became a real estate broker in the Philippines, then a real estate agent. I have the education. So one is exposure, who do you hang out with? And I got a mentor in real estate who be really a millionaire. So those are the factors that are really very important for you to have that that kind of attitude because it is what you believe, right? It is what you believe. So yes. that's what I can tell you. So we've just got a few minutes left, Cora, and I, I want to get back to, to our focus on you know, helping more women get into active real estate investing. So when you're speaking at a group or you're speaking with a group of non-real estate ladies or women, what's kind of the message? What's what's the core of your message that you'd like to get across? Yes, my message is for people to keep growing themselves, to keep growing, to keep investing in yourself and be careful with the people who you hang around with. Because Education will come not only from reading books or going to seminars, but also from the people that you that you normally associate yourself with, whom you are talking with, right? Because if people will tell you, no, you are crazy, real estate is very dangerous, then that's what you get. But the people who will encourage you to say, go in real estate, that's the best route to becoming wealthy. So that is my best advice I can give to everyone. Excellent, Cora. All right. So I'm sure there's going to be people that are watching or listening to this who'd like to connect with you. What would you suggest they do? Do you have, I know as we're filming this, we're still kind of in the whole COVID lockdown situation. What yes. What are you doing? Are you still, I think you have a club in Toronto for focus on, on women in real estate. Yes, I do regular events still, but now it's virtual because we cannot do live event, but in 2020, I have done nine events, one live and eight virtual. And on Saturday, I have another 
virtual event with this the last for 2020. So yeah, would well, like, I, I just, uh, this will be coming. This is probably going to be showing up in 2021. So if people want to connect with you in 2021, what should they do? They can check my website, torontowomensclub.ca. You can see me in Facebook, Cora Cristobal. I have my page there and I have my Toronto Women's Club page as well and real estate agent page as well in Facebook and also in LinkedIn as well. You can email me at Cora at torontowomensclub.ca. See, mm-hmm. nowadays you can just go online and punch in my name, Cora Cristobal. It will lead you to all my social media pages as well as my website. That's wonderful. Well, Cora, thank you very much for your time and, and your inspirational story. I appreciate you sharing it with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Dave, for having me. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.